Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hi, and welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am Meredith Bond, and I am here with my co-host. I'm Prue Warren, and I'm reciting the words along with you, Writer's Block Party podcast. It's our 20th episode. I still can't say it without writing it down first. 20th episode. We are mighty. Excuse me. Stepping on your intro. No, go right ahead. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to have fun and to learn and to discuss the craft of writing today. Yes, thank you. Yes. Excellent. We are are talking about goal motivation and conflict. Right. Which comes out one of the, the first meeting I went to. When I joined the Romance Writers of America, RWA, and went to my chapter meeting, which is the Washington Romance Writers, WRW, somebody said GMC like it was, uh, I'm trying to think of an equivalent, M&Ms, right? I mean, it was just so common that everybody didn't, nobody even nodded. They all knew what it was. And I was sitting there going, what is GMC? I don't get it. And I have figured it out since then. But let's back up. Let's go back up. Meredith, what the hell is GMC? (laughs) Okay. So for those listeners who do not know, GMC stands for Goal Motivation and Conflict. And what it is, is the basis of your characters. It is who they are. It is where they're going. It is fundamental to your book and to your characters. It's the Holy Trinity. It is, absolutely. And um, we're going to be talking a lot about Deborah Dixon while we're talking about goal motivation and conflict because she essentially wrote the Bible on it. <laughs> she has... St. Like Paul, has, the Vatican hmm. Councilors. Just <laughs> the, the Bible analogy. <laughs> she has a cleverly titled book all about it. It's called... Goal, Motivation, and Conflict. That is a clever title. Isn't it, though? Clever title. (laughs) And I want to brag to the listener. I'm holding a copy in my hand. Listen, I'll close it so you can hear it. That's it. That's GMC right there. I've got it. I've got it. (laughs) It's like a a catechism book for people studying the Catholic religion, right? You can't go any further until you know this. So let's pay attention. Okay. Okay. Okay, so um, as I was telling uh, Prue before we got started today, I used to teach writing, and whenever I did, and I would have an entire class, a one and a half hour long lecture on goal motivation and conflict, during which I essentially went through The Wizard of Oz, because it is such a fantastic, easy way to think about it. And it's universal, everybody. If they don't know it, you're missing out on cultural literacy. I'll back you, stop you for just two seconds. You were teaching this class when you were teaching English. 
No, I wasn't you were... teaching English. I was teaching ah, fiction writing. This, this is fiction writing. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, do English teachers teach GMC to their students? No, it's because no. this is something that authors need to know, not readers. Exactly. Okay, good. Okay, so fiction writing. Okay, Wizard of Oz. I'm in. I'm ready. Ask me a question. <laughs> Ask me a question. You're out of the woods. You're out of the talk. You're out of the night. Step into the sun. Step into the light. March up the gates and let them open. Okay. You clearly know this movie <laughs> forwards and backwards. Tell me, Prue, what is the yeah. story about? Sum it up for me in one sentence. Uh, Dorothy needs to uh, discover her heart's desire in order to return to her home. Good. Here's an alternative description of what it's about. It is the story of a young girl who travels to a distant land, kills the first person she meets there, and then goes out to kill again. (laughs) So a different story. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, isn't that the story? It is the story. He doesn't meet the Wicked Witch of the West, East. But okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. The but she kills her. That is the very first thing she does when she lands in Oz. She kills that wicked witch of the East. Yeah, 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 yeah. She gets her magical golden uh, ruby slippers, yeah. sets out on the yellow brick road in order to kill the wicked witch of the West. That's exactly true. Is she? Oh, right. She's supposed to kill the Wicked Witch of the West and return with the broomstick as proof. Does Glinda say you have to kill the Wicked Witch? Does she say kill? No, she doesn't. She says you have to find the wizard at the in the Emerald City. And he, when she finally gets there, says you must bring me the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West. So and no one ever says you got to kill her. No, because Dorothy's hero's journey. Huh? This is the hero's journey. It absolutely is. Strange land. She gets the boon from the goddess. Oh my God. I'm harking back to the hero's journey podcast. (laughs) Okay. But now we're on goal, motivation, and conflict. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. All right. So um, that is uh, Dorothy's, that is the story. But the thing is, is that Dorothy is actually a good person. She is an innocent young girl who just wants to get home, just as you said, right? The problem is, is that she encounters all sorts of nasties and she has all sorts of horrible things that she has to go through. And essentially she has to grow up, right? Okay. So when we begin our story, what is it that Dorothy wants? She wants to keep her dog alive. She wants to keep her dog alive. Exactly. She wants to protect her dog. Not only that, but she wants to tell her aunt and uncle all about it, right? The very first scene, we see her trying to talk to her aunt and uncle, and she's saying, but, 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 and they're saying, leave us alone. She's trying to right an injustice. Yes. Okay, good. That's her goal. That is, so... That's one of her goals. That's one of her goals. But as she's trying to get this story out and to tell her guardians about this horrible injustice that she is suffering, they tell her to go away. 
Go and find a place where you won't get into any trouble. Good. That's good. That's the exact line. Good. (laughs) Right. And so she does. She leaves her farm. She runs away from home because she's trying to find a place where she won't get into any trouble. And she's trying to find a place where she will be listened to, where she will be loved, where she will be respected and... As voice and agency. Yes. (laughs) Excellent. Right? These are all big motivations attached to Dorothy and her gingham dress running down the road. It's excellent. Absolutely. (laughs) And when... So those are, so her goal, so actually, okay, so she, she meets the, she meets um, a traveling salesman, a right? Professor Marvel. Professor Marvel. That can't um, be right. Professor Marvel, not like Marvel Comics. Is it really? I think it is Professor Marvel. Oh my Marvel. God. I'm going to look up, I believe you, Professor Marvel. Okay. Um, wait, let me see if I have a picture. Uh, you know, you're talking about. I believe you, Professor okay. Marvel. I think it's Professor Marvel. I have a picture of him. I don't have a picture of his of his wagon. Yeah. Um, so she meets him, and he tells her, he realizes that she's an innocent, and she really needs to go home. And also, there's this storm brewing, and so he wants her to be safe. So he tells her he lies to her, and he tells her that her aunt is sick, and so she's realizes that she has to get home immediately and to care for her aunt. And of course, by that time, the wind has whipped up and her aunt and her uncle have gone down into the cellar and they, she can't find them. And she can't get in. And she can't, yeah, she can't get into the, into the cellar. Um, so at that point, you know, so the wind whips up, the house gets pulled off of its moorings, it goes through the tornado and it lands in Oz. Boom. Kills the Wicked Witch. Suddenly, she her goal gets so much bigger, right? All of a sudden, she's not just trying to find a place with no trouble. She's trying to find her way home. Right. Right. So that goal from the time she leaves her home through the entire movie Actually, her goal is the same. She, her goal is to find some place where she will be loved and respected and listened to. Her goal is to find home in its most wonderful, heartwarming concept. Not necessarily the place, but the concept of home. You know, it's interesting, and, and where you're going is interesting, but I would say that by the time she gets to um, back to the Emerald City with the broom, she's found love and acceptance and agency, and she has a voice. She has all the things that she thinks she's looking for. She oh goes back home because she misses her aunt and uncle. She's even got her dog in Oz. She could have stayed in Oz. It's color in Oz. She could have stayed in Oz but she actually couldn't have because she wasn't completely home. Yes, the cowardly lion and the tin man and and, um, the scarecrow, thank you. Um, They they loved her, but not with that same unconditional love that parents love their children. All right. 
All right, I could, I could. All right, I'm willing to go along. <laughs> Thank you. I think, I think, I think maybe she should have stayed. But okay, it's not a thought that ever occurred to me before. I think <laughs> it's a very interesting look at the Wizard of Oz. Tell me how her goal is different from her motivation in this case. Her goal is I want to get home. Right. Why is that different? Isn't her motivation I want to get home too? No, Have her, I motiv- that? her motivation is that she's looking for this place uh, where there's no trouble. She's looking for her heart's desire. That's her, that's her goal. That's her motivation. Motivation. Yes. Yeah, I think the difference between goal and motivation is tricky for me. Okay. Let me go. Goal, easy. Motivation, it's a little, that's a little gray area. Okay. Um, let me, let me just, let me think about it. Um, goal is what you want. Motivation is why you want it. Why you want it. Right. 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 But if what you want is to go home, uh, the motivation would be your, oh, I see. Okay. Then the motivation is because you are someplace where you're not safe or you are not loved. Okay. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Okay. What you want, why you want it. That's helpful. That's helpful. Okay. Okay. You're now it's really, really important that your characters are motivated because if they don't know why they want what they want, then your reader won't know it either. Mm -hmm. And if your reader doesn't know it, they won't believe in your characters. They, the characters won't be real, complete 3D people. Mm-hmm. They won't believe in the story. Okay. If I'm they don't you. believe in that, they won't read it. Fair enough. If you don't have a decent goal, you don't have a decent book. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So um, let's also take one half step back and say... And let me remind you that there are two different types of goal, motivation, and conflict. Go on. I'm listening. There is internal goal, motivation, and conflict. And there's external. External goal, motivation, and conflict is something, usually it's outside, something external to you, right? It's money. It's um, a big house. It's fame. It's um, something big. Right. All right. It's usually something you can touch. Okay. Internal goal, motivation, and conflict is a universal human desire, love, friendship, revenge. I'm writing down universal human desire because that seems like a very valuable, uh, like, like there's a lot tucked in under that umbrella. Yeah, exactly. So Dorothy has an internal goal to be loved, okay? She is an orphan who is being raised by her aunt and uncle. She's clearly pretty insecure about that. I mean, anybody. Why do you say clearly? Why do you say clearly insecure about that? Because she's so desperate to find this love that she will do anything, including kill to get it. And that's just 
That's how important your character's goal needs to be to them. They will do absolutely anything, even go against their own self-interest to attain it. Okay. What I what I what I really like about what you're saying is that under this universal human desire, her desire for love is translating to the one place that she knows she gets love, which is her dog, right? She wants to protect her dog because her dog gives her love. I'm with you there. Right. But I I do not believe that Dorothy would be willing to kill. I think she does kill, but it's not deliberate, right? First, a house lands on the Wicked Witch of the East, and that's bad, but it wasn't Dorothy. Second, she puts out the fire that's burning her friend and melts the witch. It wasn't her. I would say that Hollywood made sure Dorothy was not a killer. It is true. She does not kill intentionally. Right. But she does go back and face that wicked witch. Yes, she does. She doesn't she want to. faces her, right. her deepest fear in order to attain her goal. Her deepest fear being flying monkeys, which were traumatic when I was a kid. Traumatic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I always walked out of the room at that point. That's very and scary. And came back in. <laughs> okay. So Dorothy's internal goal is that love that she needs, that concept of home. Her external goal is the actual physical place, Kansas. Good. Okay. The farm. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So she has her internal goal and her external goal, and they need to frequently be in conflict with each other. In order to have a good story. In order to have a good story. Do you think that the Wizard of Oz does put her in conflict, internal versus external? No, I don't think that they do. Because if Uh you think about that concept of home, the only place she can find it is in the physical place. Right, 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 right. Right, so they don't. The world of romance, as we're looking at writing romance novels, an internal and an external desire are very often in conflict in order to make a good story. Exactly. So. Yeah, so you've got um, the heroine who wants to be a business tycoon and the hero is in direct conflict with that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's um, the, 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 the right rival. Exactly. Company, right. Right, but she falls in love with him. And so her internal goal may be that she wants love and therefore the hero and that is in direct conflict with her external goal of, of right, right. The business. What she thinks she wants versus what she actually wants right. or needs. Right. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So far, universal human desire is my favorite phrase. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, then we get to the conflict. Now, first of all, your conflict must be extremely well-defined. They should know, and you, their reader, should really know exactly what that conflict is. Right. There's an obstacle to getting what you want. Exactly. Or maybe a series of obstacles. Right. Right. Um, conflict seems so much easier. Conflict is, kind of, is easier. The main thing about conflict is that it can't be unrelenting. Um, some new authors will sometimes, 
think, oh, I need conflict. I need lots and lots and lots and lots of conflict. And they kind of go overboard. And they they just pile it on and pile it on, pile it on. Pile right. It it's on. a misery fest. Right, right, it, right. Exactly. And it's unrelenting. And, and when it's unrelenting, people don't want to read it. I put them down quickly. Right. Yeah, exactly. You need breaks in the conflict. You need those funny scenes, those romantic scenes, those scenes that just melt your heart or just give you an emotional break. Mm-hmm. Humor, sex, or intimacy. I think all three of those are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And make you want to, it make you want to keep reading, but also every time you have a scene that is humorous, sexy, or, or deeply emotionally intimate, when the inevitable black moment comes, when you get to the conflict that cannot be surmounted, your heart breaks for the character. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly what should happen. And then we pull them out of it or they pull themselves out of it. The, the right, character right, right. pulls themselves out of that black moment, leaving your reader with a joy and relief for the character, because at that point, they really care for the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then you've done something seriously wrong. You know, here, this is what I've discovered in myself. When I started studying romance as a science, right, as, as how do you put together a romantic novel, uh, I began noticing these, these dark moments, these moments of crisis. Like I would say to myself, oh, here we are, the black moment, here it is. And as I've begun to understand the structure of a romance, I can't tell you the number of times I've had to put the book down and walk away and go, God damn, that black moment is too much. I can't handle it. Why can't they just be happy? Right. And it takes me a little while emotionally to go, all right, I'll pick up the book again and get through that horrible moment and get on to the happy, happily ever after. Yeah. Being aware of that structure has somehow made it infinitely more potent for me i'm very worried for the for these people that i've come to love (laughs) (laughs) clearly shows that you are reading really well written books wow yes because well i've put down the ones that are terrible now i know now i know why they're terrible their goal conflict and motivation are unclear and murky therefore i do not want to waste my time on them yeah isn't that interesting yes Doesn't doesn't that motivate you to make sure that your characters have absolutely perfect goal motivation and conflict? Yes. Yes, it really does. You and I were talking recently about uh, wounds, about the hero's wounds, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have a good wound, you got a nice guy. This was my problem before I rewrote my book for the second time, meaning version three. Um, A nice guy is nice to have in your life, but it's not nice to have in your book that you have to have conflict and wound and progress so I needed to add that and it was knowing this goal motivation conflict aspect that forced me to write a better book yeah I think it's a better book now I really do I'm sure that it is I'm sure that it's <laughs> I can't wait to read it <laughs> it could hardly be worse <laughs> when you start at the bottom it's easy to make a big upward leap <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I interrupted you and took you down the garden no, path. Did we no, talk no. more about conflict? Um, the only thing, um, just looking at my notes, the only thing, conflict is especially important because it allows your character to grow. I find that to be true. Yes. That is how we grow, through conflict. Um, that's how we grow and learn and and become stronger and better people. So don't shy away from that conflict. Hmm. Hmm. When I wrote, I don't even remember what I wrote. I wrote something, and I think it was Mindy Klasky who said, this is a very common beginner problem. You like your character too much. Yeah. You've got you've to throw some rocks at your character. Yeah. I'm sorry that you like that person so much. It's a dull book if you don't get her right. up a tree and throw rocks at her. Right. It is so, so true. Yeah. So that's the, I think that is very, I think that's an, a beginner's real challenge and real opportunity to remember that you have to write a character that you love, but you can't be too kind to him or her. Right. The two big things that Deborah Dixon ends her book with is that books are about making decisions and then doing something about them. And all decisions should be between, as she says, between sucky and suckier. <laughs> Her words, and I think they are wonderful words. They are wonderful words. So books are about decisions and all decisions should be between sucky and suckier. Yeah, it's choosing the lesser of two evils. Exactly. Because that's where the book is. Yes. If you don't have it, it's not a book. Right. Well, it's not a good book. Don't book <laughs> anybody to finish. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's where Deborah Dixon ends. Um, I have one other thing for you. Okay. Which is romance conflict. Conflict in a romance novel, specifically. I have a cute little worksheet because you know me. I always have worksheets for everything. <laughs> I like a worksheet. <laughs> so I've already put it up in the show notes for today for this podcast. Um, and what it is, is for your hero and your heroine, you should be able to answer the following five questions. You Number, make me nervous. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Number one, why can they not love each other? Okay, wait a minute. Do we have enough time for me to do? Can I listen? I started my timer late, but we've got about 10 minutes. So here's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I think an equivalent universal um, romance is The Princess Bride. Oh. And has, yeah. that, and has that same sort of fairy tale innocence as the wizard of oz mm. so will you walk me through this let's do sure do love to okay. i love right. the, the princess bread question one is why can the two of them not love each other yeah and i would say and i'm answering now for buttercup not for wesley okay and i would say buttercup cannot love wesley because she um has been too arrogant toward him she she doesn't realize that she loves him until he's already out the door that is very true. Her arrogance and pride stop her from loving Wesley. Right. Absolutely. Okay. 
What's and Wesley two? cannot love Buttercup probably because he thinks that she's too good for him. What do you think? Well, I think that's interesting because I was just review. I was looking at the book as opposed mm. to the movie. And the reason he leaves in the book is because the six fingered man, Count Rugen, mm. his wife, her carriage breaks down outside of Buttercup's farm and she starts eyeing Wesley. Right. And then as soon as, as, soon as she wants Wesley, Buttercup wants Wesley. Right. And then Count That's Rugen right. wants Buttercup and they're all following each other around, like not loving the person who's loving them back. And Wesley eventually up and leaves. He departs. So because he leaves because he loves Buttercup. He leaves because he loves Buttercup. And he actually is going out to make his place in the world. He's going to America to, to create a new life. Right. So why can't he love her? He feels unworthy. You're right. He feels unworthy of her. Yes. He cannot take care of her. Okay, good. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. What do they need to overcome externally to love each other? Oh, yes. Well, that's much easier. The external conflicts are always easier. Buttercup needs to overcome the fact that her fiance, the prince, wants to kill her. Right? And frame yes. Gilder. And Wesley needs to overcome the fact that he has become the dread pirate Roberts and is considered a figure of infamy. And how is he ever going to win Buttercup back that way? It is true. And Wesley also has the small problem that he is um, having the life slowly sapped out of him in the basement of... In the zoo of death. That's exactly... That is is an obstacle. (laughs) That is a small obstacle. (laughs) We call that an obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What do they need to overcome internally? Aha, now see, that's harder. Okay, well, Buttercup, much like Dorothy, has to grow up. She has to realize uh, that her pride and her arrogance have been getting in her own way and that she can love Wesley. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's clear. And what does Wesley have to overcome internally? Well, the feeling that he's not worthy, although everybody would roll their eyes for thinking that beautiful Wesley is not worthy. I mean, (laughs) he's so awesome. And now he's a pirate. He's a secret pirate. He's totally, he has nothing to overcome. (laughs) All right. He might have self-image problems to overcome. Why do they love each other? You know, I, I would, the beginning answer is definitely physical beauty. I think that she is very beautiful and he is very beautiful and they are drawn to each other. It's just passion and lust. But by the end, they've been through, um, right, their hero's journey. They've been through these obstacles. They've been through the swamp of despair or whatever it's called. They've climbed the cliffs of doom. And um, Wesley's been dead and come back to life. And they've, they've been through a lot. And they've come to trust each other and know that they will rescue each other. Very nice. Um, and what do they need to learn to give? To, uh, do they need to learn to give love or receive love? That's the other question I have here. But you know what? Um, I have another question. Okay. In order to truly love someone in a committed relationship, you need to give something up. But what's the sacrifice? What is their sacrifice? I should change this worksheet. What is the sacrifice? That's really good. What is the sacrifice? 
I'm writing down the question because that might clarify why I'm having trouble with the end of my book. Ah. What is the sacrifice? That's nice. Okay. Um, well, the sacrifice for Wesley and Buttercup is they both sort of have to give up these identities that they've formed for themselves. Buttercup is going to be the, the princess and the queen, and Wesley's going to be the dread pirate Roberts. They both have to give up the shells that they built around themselves. But I think that by the time this fairy tale gets to that point, they're both more than willing to give up those shells. So the sacrifice, I think in this case, sort of breaks down a little bit. I think there is still a sacrifice, but not a big one. Hmm. What do you think? And I think that's, that's true. I think that's true of the nature of fairy tales because there is that you, you want to maintain that feeling of innocence and joy. So the sacrifice can't be, um, I don't know. I, I just think that that's appropriate for a fairy tale. For a fairy tale, maybe. But I mean, for a romance novel, the sacrifice has to be real. The sacrifice has to be something significant. Yeah, I think you're right. I think for a romance novel, it does have to be obvious and overt. And I can, so, once again, I can do it for my female character, but the male is harder. Mm -hmm. No, actually, okay. <laughs> I figured it out. I just figured it out. What is the sacrifice? I figured out the sacrifice just like that. There you there go. You are some kind of awesome. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. I can hear the listener driving along in her car talking and saying, here's what the sacrifice of Wesley and Buttercup is. I can hear you. I just, can't, I just can't hear you. So I wish you would comment. I wish you would write a comment because I can hear you talking on the treadmill, doing the laundry, driving in the car. This is stuff that people who love to write romances get into this stuff. Right? So I know you're talking back to your, to your podcast. Write something down. Let us know. Please tell us you're out there. Please. Come on. I can hear you. What did you say? <laughs> Talking to you, Glory. Come on. <laughs> I know you're out there. I know you're talking. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little, I got a little worked up. That's okay. That's understandable. Uh, we're, we're just about at our self-imposed time limit. Okay. Um, have I, I'm so excited with this new concept of sacrifice that I've just come up with from my book. I've got to get back to it quickly. Quickly. Um, what have I interrupted you from saying? Have I, have I cut you off? Good. Because this concept of a sacrifice. It's really, really important. important. Yeah. 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 I think it is too. And goal, motivation, and conflict. The final conflict has to be the sacrifice. Yeah. Once the sacrifice is made, the goals, the internal goals can be realized. Mm -hmm. I read a book um, by, I don't remember her name. I'll put it in the show notes because it was very valuable to me on writing love. She's changed the title a million times. Um, that said that an interior and exterior goal have to be in conflict with each other in order to make a good story. And in order to make a good romance, the interior and exterior conflict of the other person have to be in conflict so that the only way those two people can come together is when their goals mesh, when the solution to my internal goal is your internal goal. Yeah, there's a, a conflict square. Right. A conflict square. I don't know the square. Tell me the square. 
Uh, actually, it's not usually with the hero and heroine. It's usually with the protagonist and antagonist. Aha! Aha! Right? aha. But it's the same. It's the same concept. Okay. All right. Resolution cannot happen until the two interior goals fulfill each other. You have to get past your external goals in order for the two internal goals to interlock and make the happily ever after. Mm -hmm. I would like to know which book this is. It sounds good. It's on my iPad, which I'm using to podcast with, so I'm not going to switch, but I will put it in the show notes. It's very good. (laughs) Alexandria Sokoloff. Does that sound right? That does sound. Alexandra Sokoloff, I've remembered. I bought it when it was called Writing Love. But it, she's been through at least two iterations in the last 18 months. So it's called something else. I'll find out what it's currently called. Yeah. Very good. Put a link very, very useful. Sounds good. Next week, Meredith. Next week, it's me because I need help, Prue. <laughs> I love the idea that I could help you. I just love that idea. You Someday can. I will be able to help you. I'm not there yet. But if you want to bounce ideas off me, man. Me and the listener, we're going to be talking back to you, and you'll be able to hear me at least. We're going to talk about tropes. Yes. We need to talk about tropes. Okay. Let's talk about them. That's good. That's good. Do you know Mindy Klasky's list of tropes? I do. In fact, I was looking at it when I was thinking about this earlier. I was going through her list of tropes. She's got a fantastic list on her website, on her blog. Which is Uh, what? Blasky.com. Uh, we'll talk so. about it next we'll talk about it next week. We'll yes, we will go week. through it next week. Yeah. Um and but yes, because tropes are really, really important. And so that is what we're going to talk about next week because I am plotting. I am plotting. I love the plotting moment. You are creating a universe. That's such a glorious moment. How fun. Okay. We'll talk about that next week. So that's next week. Okay. Excellent. Until then, you have a wonderful week. I hope you do too. Bye, listener. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week.